The season is here. It's Monday, November 6th. Sleepers podcast. Carterelli and Greg Waddell. Uh, really feels like Christmas. Feels like a total holiday to me. I'm very excited. Also, the energy just might be a little off, just to warn anybody listening to this, because we are 100% in scramble mode. There's no way I'd rather begin a college basketball season than like that. Carter is in New York. As you can see, he cheered on Queen Meg, who uh, did a phenomenal job completing the New York Marathon yesterday. And Carter, must I say, you did a phenomenal job supporting as well. Thank you. I'm wondering why it took you so long to comment on do you notice like I'm kind of like New York hipster vibes now? Like I've been here since Friday and now I'm like rolling my hat up and my hat's not covering my ears. Honestly, I didn't know that it wasn't covering your ears because your headphones are covering your ears. Uh, that's definitely hipster vibey, number one. Two, I feel like your vibe, like an all black hipster hat with a black shirt is just what you wear every time you're hungover. Mm, definitely not. I do wear hats a lot when I'm hungover, but I'm actually not hungover i'm just extremely tired i don't think you know how much it takes to support someone in the marathon i know the 26.2 is tough but like walking around and getting everywhere to support that person definitely a task in itself ridiculous uh yeah we're all very concerned that you uh are a little tired today and not your wife who ran the new york marathon but it's good that you're uh i mean you're even have the breakfast pit going you're eating a banana from a hotel room in new york city right now I mean, I don't really know who has it better than me if we're going to start stacking up people, but I'm excited for the. I'm really, I'm truly excited for the season. I feel like we're one of those podcasts or people that put in a lot of work in the off season. We dedicated ourselves to our craft and now it's time to reap the rewards of that with actually talking about real games and what we're going to do this season. So like, I can't wait. I'm truly excited. It's, it's going to be great. If you're not already following sleepers, you need to, cause you don't want to miss out on this. I promise you that. Yeah, it should be fun. I sent a little State of the Union to the Discord this morning. There's a lot of new stuff. There's some old stuff that kind of went away. It's a new era of sleepers, I would say. Daily episodes, as we've been doing this offseason, available on audio platforms and on our YouTube channel. We had our best week in YouTube history last week. Uh, I think it was like 35,000 total views on the YouTube channel. If we can start to do that every single week of the season, like... This really can be a viable path forward for us. We also had our best week on uh, like Apple and Spotify as well last week. So I'm really excited. We have some positive momentum right now. Uh, beyond that, some other quick things. Daily Picks returns today. Uh, you probably heard over the weekend, if you follow me, we're tweaking the way we're doing this a little bit. Spoiler alert, but uh, presented by Dimers has gone away because when Dimers fires me five days before the season, it goes away. Uh, we scrambled a little bit, but now we have Dub Club which is great. Uh, They had reached out to actually both of you and I about potentially partnering with them. And basically what Dub Club is, it's a subscription platform that if you follow someone who handicaps bets, you can receive their bets in text form with push notifications or however you want to receive them. So I spun that up. It's a little bit of a money grab play. I'm going to be honest with you. But uh, again, I'm not too big of a man to not admit that I need to do some money grab plays right now while I figure out what's next for my career. Um, any support there would be great. The good news with that, it's it's 20 bucks, a one-time payment for the entire season. And you'll still get the daily picks videos from me for free. You don't have to pay for those. If you just want to get what you've been getting for free, you can. But now there's access where you can see everything I bet because uh, like using today as an example, 
I have five player props, five against the spread plays, one like plus 120 player prop parlay. That's the full card. 11 bets tonight. And uh, anyone who wants to see all of that can now see that. In the past, I would just be texting those to you while you and I put three picks on Twitter. So that's there. 20 bucks, one time for the season. And the good news, if you subscribe to the Sleepers Discord, you get all that for free. You don't have to pay the 20 bucks one time additionally. So that's in place. Seems to be working. I did get a bunch of signups over the weekend, which is great. Hopefully I can keep growing that. And uh, that's my one plug. Any thoughts, comments on the new motion for Sleepers card? I just want to say that the stats speak for themselves, and that's that's a steal on on any anybody's part who subscribes twenty dollars for a full season. That's that's what we like to call great value, great value in the betting world. So if you're not doing that, make sure you do it. I'm excited. I'm also excited that with this, we're not losing the enjoy the day, enjoy the hoops because that is truly the best part of daily picks. I mean, obviously, I love the plays. But when you end it with that, enjoy the J, enjoy the hoops, it just hits completely different. I will say I've never been more nervous than for tonight's slate. 11 picks. I'm terrified of like a two and nine night. I just I don't want to put that mojo out there. But uh, first time I've ever been like, hey, you should pay for this to anyone. Got to start off on the right note. The good news is the last two seasons, I think the first month was like by far the most profitable month of the season. Really, if it's me versus a computer, I like my chances. No offense to any of our analytics people that we love in that world. But uh, I'll take my chances, me versus the computer. We'll see how it goes tonight. Okay, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Michigan played over the weekend. We haven't talked about it yet. I think they looked phenomenal. So we're going to get there. Uh, Three of our favorite Big Ten teams are in action, as are like 170 total teams across the country. But we're going to make sure we dedicate one topic to Michigan State, to Purdue, to Illinois today. And then uh, I have a fun little question. There's a bunch of big favorites, like the games aren't very good tonight, but a bunch of top 25 teams are playing. Are any of them going to lose tonight? Is there anybody who's going to go down that we just totally see as an unexpected loss on the very first night of the season? So that's the plan for the show. We'll start with Carter Elliott's comment of the day, though. Uh, My YouTube comment of the day is actually a collective of comments because based off what you said about it being our best week, we had a lot of comments of people basically saying that they found sleepers and they're looking forward to following us during the season. Just know that those don't go unnoticed and it meant a lot to me. And last night before I laid my head on the pillow, I looked at this comment and it made me go to bed with a bed with a smile on my face. So shout out to Jay Witt demand. This is my new favorite channel. Like, that just hits different for me. And with college basketball season here, I think that everyone should follow the lead of Jay Witt Demand. And, yes, I'm doing another plug after I just plugged it. Follow, subscribe, do all that. Support sleepers. Your support means the world to us. Your support is needed right now. And, you know, I I truly look forward to engaging with Gregory and all of the people who follow us this season. Um talking college basketball so that was just a that was one of many comments i actually saw that were big upping sleepers in youtube besides one person that said you should watch the games you comment on but we're not worried about that yeah i mean mojo's good i'll just say that like i said i'm nervous for tonight but energy's good momentum's good everything sleepers right now is in a really good place uh including you, by the way, making this work in the middle of a marathon weekend is not the easiest thing, by the way. So that's not lost on me. Great job. Uh, And if you are really going to be a hipster all season long, I mean, we could be a totally different podcast by March than we are now, which is exciting to me. If I come on here with a nose ring, just know it's a cry for help. Okay. No Jimmy Butler, no like a hair straightener. Any of that? Okay. Absolutely not. 
Okay. Let's go into the Discord. If you want to join the Discord, it is truly the best way to support this show that we do every single day. Uh, the link is in the description of every single video that we do. It is $9.99 a month. Uh, yeah, simple as that. We respond to every single comment every single day from the Discord, and there's a lot more exciting things going on, like our Fantasy College Basketball League is run through the Discord. Um, people are getting their own corners, their own channels made in the Discord now because they're contributing so much. It's really, really exciting stuff. Join the Discord, $9.99 a month. All that money goes directly to Carter and I, by the way. It's the, the only thing out there that goes directly to a 50-50 split between the two of us. Support the show. Support us. We'll keep supporting you. Comment number one today, Tristan Freeman from Busting Brackets. Also a must-follow during college basketball season, must I say. Uh, it's just good to see that Tristan's still here, by the way, after this weekend. My man had a, a wild little Saturday night for himself where, uh, you know, the drinks were flowing, which I know is a rare occurrence for Tristan. He says he only drinks like three times a year, but uh, he started talking pit final four futures. I'm like, that man, a little worried about him right now. He said generational performance from Theo Davis on Friday. Also, you can call Carter a mediocre basketball player, a fat slob, or even a Lithuanian chicken head, but do not... Act like that man can't count. Okay. the Everything that preceded that don't act like that man can't count is absolutely wild. And I want to speak on the allegations, by the way. I have all the Riley scores in my phone for the predictions. I just didn't add them up. Okay. So like, that's a thing. I just want, like, I feel like that was lost in translation with the last episode. I have the numbers for the predictions. Well, then why weren't you adding them up? The whole point of, because I was like, you should count. Oh, wait, no, you shouldn't. You won't add them up. That's where I was coming from live in the show. And then you got very upset acting like you would add them up. And then you just didn't add them up. Okay, that's on me. I got it. I'm not perfect. <laughs> just a wild development, man. Like, I, I clearly, like, really hit a personal chord there with you. And then uh, the ball was back in your court. You're doing a great job throughout the episode. Just didn't add them up. <laughs> Like we never got, never got the climax of the show because my man didn't add him up. This is what it is. Uh, Fam thirty three says, "Love the meal answer from Bluffs." In my mind, I swear I thought he was going to try and work caviar in there somehow. The fact that he backed off lobster tail was perfect. I, I want, I'm about to change Riley's name in my phone to Bluffs. By the way, I don't know where that even came from or originated from. Actually, came from Fam. Bluffs. It, did it come from Fam? Yeah, it came from Fam. Okay, that's just an all-time great nickname, and I think Riley needs to embrace that. Like, his name on Twitter should be Bluffs. Like, it can be Riley Davis 3, but the actual name should be Bluffs. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, honestly, it, you know how there's that hypothetical of, like, name three people you wish you could go to dinner with? Or like, who's your dinner table? You, mm. me, Bluffs, and fam, honestly, would be an electric dinner table. If we could work in a little Dion Hill Ford into that, I think that's like all I need for a nice little Friday night. Uh, moving on, Trent Frazier is goat is back. He says, Sleepers Media had a thought earlier that Greg at times is sort of mean to Carter and didn't understand why Carter just let it happen. Good job by Greg for being self-aware towards it. Carter just seems so pure and the nicest person to ever exist. So I was feeling bad. We'll reevaluate and give my grade at the end of next week. I need to do some more film study. Are you being mean to me? I definitely was mean last week. Uh, it built up, though. I don't think there was ever like one singular moment that of its own was like a horrifying thing for a friend to say to another friend. But uh -huh. I definitely uh, there were like two back to back episodes where I was stacking up the jokes 
And yeah, I mean, I look, I had a bad week. Call it what it was. I was on edge a little bit. I took that out on the big fella. It is what it is. He took it like a champ. With that said, uh, is this your burner? Because first of all, if it was your burner, no one would expect your burner to be Trent Frazier is goat. But second of all, Carter just seems so pure and the nicest person to ever exist. I mean, when you think about it, that is pretty true. I'm pretty pure and pretty nice. You're a very nice person. You're also like a very violent person sometimes, though. That That's usually how it goes. The nicest people are usually the most violent. Maybe. I don't know. I got to really. You're right. I need to reevaluate some things. Just I don't think the things you think I need to reevaluate. I need to reevaluate other things. Jack MCM says thoughts on the Michigan scandal. Oh boy, Jack. It's uh <laughs> it's opening day of college basketball here, and we are trying to fly through this for the, the Bleacher Report show, but I do think we should answer this in some form. We did a full segment on this like two weeks ago. Obviously, a lot has changed. Um, Carl, you want to go first on this or you want me to? I'm gonna keep it short and sweet here. Uh it's just funny to me that Michigan fans are reacting the way they are because uh, I think the phrase is that the shoe was on the other foot or something like that. Like they would be acting differently. I don't know what the exact phrase is. You know, if there's one thing I'm gonna do, it's mix up the phrase that's supposed to be used in a spot and misuse it. But it's just completely funny to me and laughable that they're reacting the way they are because if it was somebody else in the same situation, they would be up in arms trying to resurrect Bo to come save them and go against everything that they're being cheated against. That's It's just funny to me, the reaction. Um, I don't think anything's going to happen to them. I think they're going to be fine after the, after this, I really don't think anything's going to happen, but all, all I know is the, it's just funny to see how they react um, when it's against them. Yeah. Yeah, I I think this is complicated for sure. Where it starts and ends for me is that um, this was incredibly stupid by Michigan. There is a bazillion different ways to steal signs that are allowed, that are legal to do. And Michigan just said, no, thanks. Let's do the most contrived, complicated, arrogant way to possibly do this on center stage. And they got caught. It is what it is. Uh, it sounds like Ryan Day had a hand in them getting caught, which is hilarious in and of itself. But uh, like, that's not something that excuses the actions here. Like Ryan Day signaling that Michigan was doing something against the rules um, is hilarious and is going to lead to consequences. So I've long said uh, I don't think Jim Harbaugh was going to be the coach here next year anyway. I think the writing is on the wall. I think it's been very naive of any Michigan fan to – Watch as there's a very public battle between Ward Manuel and Jim Harbaugh, and they can't come to terms on an extension. And everyone still believes, like, oh, he's happy and he's going to stay in Ann Arbor. I don't believe that. Like, this man is violating every minimal NCAA rule that he can, going to war with the NCAA, never taking his medicine, never admitting any wrongdoing because he knows he's gone. He knows this is it. He knows he has Blake Corum and JJ McCarthy. This is one final run. Let's give it everything we possibly have. Let's break every possible rule that we can. Whoops. We got caught. Like it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. Uh, I don't think I will say this. I don't think they should necessarily be punished yet. That's my true thing. I think like they should let the investigation play out. In my opinion, likely, 
they'll be on sanctions. I think this program could be on sanctions at the end of this season. And uh, Jim Harbaugh might not be around to take any punishment, whether he deserves it or not. But other than getting stallions off the staff, I don't think it necessarily is fair to punish this team or this, this coach in the middle of the season. I've heard that the big 10 might suspend him two games today. If that happens, it's going to get messy and wild because Michigan's going to literally file a lawsuit against the big 10 and uh, who knows where it will drag on from here. But to summarize, hilarious, stupid, Michigan deserves penalty. And uh, I just don't, I don't think there's any program in sports that would have the arrogance to do this this way other than Michigan football under Jim Harbaugh. It's crazy. Uh, Travis Nelson says, who is the next basketball content creator that you would want on the show that hasn't yet? Good question. Hmm. I, I mean, I've said I said many times I actually want to get Joe Jackson on sleepers, but I feel like we said that too many times. So I'm gonna choose somebody differently here. Uh you know what? I really don't have an answer for that right now, Travis. I'm not gonna lie to you. There's not one that really comes to my head. Do you have one in mind? Um I don't know. I feel like we've collabed with a lot of the people we really like that are kind of in our yeah. space. I the one we haven't from our like closer personal kind of group would be Evan Miyakawa. I would love to have him on a show. We haven't had him yet. Um I like selfishly, I was always a big fan of Titus and Tate. So either one of them, now that they've parted ways, would be kind of bucket listy for me to be able to have on the show. But I think we've done a pretty good job at getting the guests we want to get for the most part. Might be more players that I wish we could get, not media. Yeah, true. I'd love to get Hunter on. I would love. Yeah, Hunter. I think Hunter's the real answer. It'd be so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ulamog says, Sleeper of the Week goes to Rex for enlightening us on Illini history and educating us on the intricacies of their fan base. The Real Housewives of Champagne is real. Also spot on with the Christmas takes. Congratulations, Rex. Integral part of the Sleeper's Discord right now. Yeah, very spicy week with Illinois last week, to say the least. Um, it's all love from our end. It truly is. It is all love from our end to Illini Nation. But uh, ILO. I and I. <laughs> and uh, I said honorary sleeper of the week, by the way, is Ulamog because Ulamog had been sending his sleeper of the week on Monday mornings. He sent it Sunday evening last night, not knowing what time we would record, but he had the conscious thought that he needed to get that in before we recorded. So uh, Ulamog, again, you make everything go, my friend, whether it's, it's uh, time stamping or organizing things for us, you're the guy. Um, and then I, I announced the Discord that we were going <clears> to <throat> record in the morning and not last night. A lot of people not happy with that. Cart, the boo birds are out. Do you want to address those boos and your role in those boos? Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would like to address the fact that the, the reason we are recording in the morning is because of me. And I'm open to all criticism. And uh, if anything is thrown our way because of the morning record, it's on me. Um, if you would like to deal with it, you, as you guys are in the Discord, you can at me or you can find me. If you know me in real life, I'd be happy to discuss it with you. But uh at the same time, I'm pretty confident in my chances against anybody in the Discord outside of Koi because of the jujitsu background. Uh, but anybody else can get the smoke. <clears throat> oh, boy. I love this. I love this energy. Craig Bowers is in the Discord. Uh, shout out to Craig. Boilers in the Stands is Craig's show, along with Greg Braggs and Joe Jackson. You got to check that out. They had Matt Painter on a couple weeks ago. But um, the best place for, for Purdue-focused coverage 
And uh, we were guests on that show last year. It was great. He joined the Discord. So thank you, Craig, first of all. But he says, if Carter doesn't make a full-ass omelet soon on the breakfast food bit, I'm going to think he really doesn't know how to cook at all. Uh, here we go. If there's one thing I know how to cook, uh, Craigery, it's, uh, it's, it's eggs, my friend. Whether it be sunny, you know, over easy, scrambled, omelet, I mean, whatever, steamed, poached. I got all that in my bag. I'm special when it comes to eggs, especially if they're organic grade A, the brown ones. I'm different. So don't ever doubt me when it comes to omelets. Gregory was incredible. <laughs> I really liked that. We have three more comments. That boy from Illinois says, which Big Ten team comes out of non-conference play with the best record? Purdue has been undefeated the past two years, but I don't see that happening again this year. Uh, this is a schedule question, and I don't know the schedules off the top of my head. But I actually truly believe that Michigan State has a good chance to come out with the best record out of non-conference. I mean, Duke, tough, yes. Arizona, tough, yes. But I think winnable. Uh, Baylor, uh, I'm actually starting to hear a lot of reviews that Baylor's going to be better than you and I think, Greg. But still, I think it's a winnable game. Um, so I, I think that Michigan State truly has a chance to come out with the best record out of the non-conference. Yeah, I think that's an educated answer by you. I don't dislike that answer, but uh, it, it's hashtag not a schedule question to me. It's a uh, Purdue has been undefeated the last two years question to me, and they return everybody. They're Purdue. Uh, I get it. There are concerns. I have been loud about the concerns in the last week. I'm very excited to see how Purdue plays tonight. And spoiler alert for anyone listening to this that isn't supporting financially, either through the Dub Club or through the Discord, Purdue minus 19 and a half is the first play of the season. It's the very first play on my card. It is it. I am backing my Boilers. They should win this game by 20. And uh, I think they have a great chance at going undefeated in the non-con. I think Michigan State is going to lose to Duke. Great answer by the – or great question, that boy from Illinois. 2.46 a.m. Eastern when you sent that? You're a madman, and I love that evidence. Booby is back. Booby uh, – I think Booby's going to do some – some creative stuff in some form for us. I told him like, he's been making these awesome looking graphics. And if he wanted to do like a player of the day and put a sleepers logo on it, we would certainly appreciate that and, and help promote it and all that. So uh, this is the last time he's going to do his player of the day before something new. He's got Houston guard, Emmanuel sharp. This is my favorite sleeper coming into the year is legit. Houston's best shooter and should be in for a good year. So he'll be strongly in their bench rotation, scrappy guard with a bigger body, will be a very good piece for Houston this year. They're they're going to need them because I think there's a lot of uh, the words, not pieces to be picked up, but there's a lot of production that needs to be accounted for that was lost last year. And I know the system. I know Samson. I always believe in those guys, like I've said many a times. But there's a lot of guys that need to do a little bit more in order for Houston to continue the style and the level of winning that they've experienced over the past couple of years. So I like that shot from Booby and uh, Sharp's a good player. Isn't all you've ever wanted in your playing career to be referred to as a scrappy guard with a bigger body? Uh, without the scrappy part. You just want to be a guard? Uh, be, typically in my eyes, and I know this is bad, but like when you say scrappy, that means that they're not that good at hoop. Oh, I've never picked like up on that. Like they're scrappy because they have a lack of skill, so they have to be scrappy. So you're saying like scrappy, but the S is silent. Okay, that's a bar. 
That was kind of but nice. yes, that, that was, was nice. nice. Oh, God, wow. we're, God, college basketball's back. We're so back. <laughs> we're we, got back. A, we got a Craigery and a Scrappy with a silent S in the first 20. We're so back. We're back. Uh, all right, final comment from Malik Perry. Of course, it's the final comment for the first game. Malik Perry says, with the start of the season, which team or teams have to earn your trust? Who has to earn your trust, Carter? Who has to earn my trust? Hmm. That's a tough. I feel like there's a good amount of teams that have to earn my trust, but I think I'll go with Kansas because I held them in such high regard. And I feel like they're the team that I've soured on the most uh, from the moment that I picked them early on to be like the, num- the number one team in the final four team. I've just soured on them a little bit. And I know that's harsh. And I know that's a little bit knee jerk reaction, but I-, I I need to see something from Kansas honestly in the in the non-conference i need to, i need to see some things so they have a lot to prove to me yeah in no order for me people or things or teams or players that need to earn my trust matt painter hunter dickinson mark few caleb love rick barnes shaka smart uh arizona in general actually i know i kind of glossed over caleb love arizona in general definitely needs to earn my trust um tom Izzo's rotations Texas's backcourt, um, John Calipari, Brad Underwood, Greg Gard, Wisconsin in general. I think that's probably it for right now. That's okay. Was that on the top of your head? I was scrolling through Ken Palm, but like, there's there's a lot of people that sort of need to prove it to me this year. Yeah, that that is. Uh, lastly, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout. And I actually got a a little season preview coming out with DK for Spartan Rivals that we're going to release. But one of the things that I put in my season overlook is that. Michigan State has a lot to prove this year as a team. Like it, it has been three years of guys honestly being thirteen, losing thirteen games and being somewhat average as as a standard for Michigan State basketball. So that team has a lot to prove, and a lot of those guys on that team have a lot to prove because we could be looking at the end of the season and they could leave. Their, they could leave. Their time will be looked at at Michigan State as somewhat of just being average for four years and never taking never taking that step. So this is a huge year, huge prove-it year for Michigan State, especially the veterans on that team. You're telling me. <laughs> this, is all, this is all Tom ever wanted, man. He's right here. He's got one more go-round at it. One one final go-round at it, right? No? A couple couple go-arounds. Uh, a couple. He'll be here for 20 more years? Okay, got it. Uh, yeah, can't wait. Season's here. Thanks to everybody in the Discord. I uh, appreciate it. Honestly, appreciate you guys carrying us through the offseason. You guys gave us no shortage of content. The only reason we've been able to do this five days a week has been uh, the support that you guys have given us and the collaboration, the effort. So uh should be a lot of fun now that we have games to talk about and preview and recap every single night. And uh, I said this in the Discord in my State of the Union, but my only goal truly this season is to make sleepers, the podcast, the Discord, the community, whatever you want to call it, Make it the most fun place to consume college basketball. That is my only goal. So you guys are a big part of that. I appreciate it. Uh, Cart, we got three topics today. I want to start broadly. Start broadly and then get a little narrower as we go here. There's a bunch of top 25 teams in action on the very first night of the season. It's not the greatest slate, as anybody has uh, told you. There's a lot of loud people complaining that these games are less exciting than the scrimmages, than the, the charity exhibitions. There are no games featuring two top 25 teams in action tonight. But uh, I 
think counting it up, there's like 15 teams that are in the AP poll top 25 that are playing. If you go in any betting app, pick your betting app. They're all like minus 1,000 or bigger favorites. Other than USC, Kansas State, USC's favored by two and a half points. Every other team that's in action tonight is like minus 1,400 to win if they're the team in the AP Top 25. My question to you is this. Are any of them going to lose? Is anybody going to surprise us with a loss on opening night? Hmm. So I'll start by saying no. I don't think that any are going to surprise us with the opening night loss. I don't think that, that I don't think that's going to happen. I also think the AP poll in general needs a little bounce back after the exhibition debacle where two or four of the top five teams lost. So they got to send a message, honestly, on day one. They can't lose one of these games. <laughs> this is a statement game for the AP poll. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this is a, this is a massive opening day for the AP poll because if one of these teams loses, like pack watch is official. Like okay. we needed a statement from the Associated Press if that happens. Okay. But there are two, mm, actually three, three that come to mind that I look at and I'm just like, I want to see what those teams look like. And I wish I knew more about the other teams. This one specifically, I'm going to find myself diving into American University and seeing what type of players they have and seeing if they have some dogs because they opened the season against Villanova. And I've been talking about Villanova all offseason. I get what they did in the transfer portal. Um, I get that it's year two of Neptune and there might be, you know, a bounce back year and Justin Moore's back and they get Bamba out of the portal. They get Akeem Hart. They have all these guys, right? What does it actually look like? Like, is Mark, is Mark Armstrong, the sophomore point guard, actually going to take a leap? Like, there's so many, there's a lot of question marks. I want to see how that team, I want to see how that team works. I think they win that game, but I'm interested to see what Villanova looks like. New Mexico State's always a tough team. Uh, Kentucky is still going to be without Big Z in this game. So, uh, you know, if New Mexico State has a good front court player, could give Kentucky trouble. I, th- I know that spreads only 15 and a half. So that would be the other game that I would look at. And then lastly, James Madison and Michigan State. Michigan State's going to win the game. James Madison, is, James Madison is actually a good basketball team. And if anyone knows Tom Izzo, and knows how this guy operates. Who knows what could happen in this game? We might get Carson Cooper at the three minutes. Like this could be anything could happen in this game. So it scares me. Okay. We're going to do more in-depth Michigan State talk in just a moment when we move to previewing the three big time games. But um, you, you really think this could be a close game? You really think James Madison could like chippy? There's five minutes left. It's a one possession game. Yeah, one possession is a little bit tough, okay. but I think like so this game you, could be you, within you 10. Said you said it, you called it out, but you don't believe it. Because I'm talking like, yeah. can someone lose? Yes or no? I think you Kentucky don't... can lose. Okay. So talk me through this. Because is it New Mexico State, like you just kind of believe in them as an opponent at this point? Or is it more concerns with Kentucky and who they are? I believe in them as an opponent, just because I always think that they're a pretty solid basketball team and they you know they play extremely hard uh but also like Kentucky doesn't have anybody in the front court like they just don't yeah and, and so if New Mexico State's able to take advantage of that I I could see them keeping this game close and possibly pulling off this upset and we you can't look over the fact that also Calipari played a game an exhibition game on Friday where he asked the other team not to play zone 
that mentally does not have me feeling great about what he's about to like come into. If you're asking the other team in an exhibition game to do something, that's bad vibes. Yeah, it's really bad vibes. There's no way around that. Um, yeah, my hard thing with the slate tonight is like I'm looking through and I, I think there are a lot of teams that are in action tonight that are in the top 25 that I would like to be able to pick out and say, oh, I think this team has question marks that could lead to them getting upset on night one. The problem is you look at the opponents and who they're actually playing and they're just not good enough for me to see it happening. Like American, there's nothing redeeming about American to me that thinks they can hang with Villanova, even if I think Villanova is a problematic team. Same with New Mexico State. Like the more you look at their profile, I'm just not concerned. At a certain point, Kentucky's talent is going to win out. The two that I think are redeeming enough to talk about here are James Madison and Samford, which uh-oh, doesn't bode well for our two Big Ten teams, right? Like, Samford is a pretty good basketball team. Uh, James Madison is a good basketball team. Like, those, those teams can get hot. Those teams can guard. Those teams can show up to a game like this. Purdue and Michigan State are going to have to be on their A game, but um, I don't know. I'm not betting against either of them. Like I said, I would. Uh, Purdue is my first play of the season for a lot of reasons. And Michigan State, I think if I had to be pressed one way or the other, I would bet them to cover. But uh, I'm urging people to stay away from that just because we have no idea how Tom Izzo is going to handle his rotations. More on that in just a moment. So, yeah, I, uh, I wish I could look the camera in the eyes and be like, I'm on upset alert. Let me call my shot first game. I just don't see it. What I will throw out there for anyone who is better out there, uh, if you wanted to, you could go to basically any big sports book and put every AP top 25 team together in a parlay just to win their game. Whoever's not a big enough favorite that it's off the board, take every top 25 team you can and uh, mix in USC because USC is a top 25 team playing a Kansas state team that is without a couple guys, that is not in the top 25. Uh, it's plus 102. So you basically get USC down from minus 166 to plus money, plus 102, that none of these top 25 teams will blow some crazy, horrible game on opening night. I kind of like that, to be honest. I got I, I I will be placing that, to be honest with you. I kind of like that. I feel pretty good about it. All right. Uh I don't know. I wish I really do wish you and I could have pulled the trigger on somebody, but you're like, Look, I, 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 I don't want to be a podcast of lies mm-hmm. and faking. This slate stinks. <laughs> like it does. Like, I like, like, come on. Like I, I could talk myself into like, I do want to watch like Oregon, Georgia. I just, cause I think Oregon's actually got some guys that I'd like to watch. Uh, so I'm intrigued to watch that. But really, I'm waiting to watch Michigan State play James Madison. And I'm not even that. I'm excited for that. But obviously, that's not a great game. And then you literally got to wait till 10 o'clock tonight to watch Kansas State and USC. And that's the only good game. And is that really that great of a game? Like, I don't know. It's a good game. I hate it's a good like game. Fake. No, we're not. We're it not, is a good, it what is, we're not going to do is downplay this. It's a good game, man. It's a good game. USC, Kansas State. So we get one. We have one. We get one good game on Natasha Bedingfield. I think Michigan State James Madison's a good game. I do. I don't think that's a bad game. We're not going to hate on the game. College basketball is here. I'm excited. Come on, things are good. Go Sorry. get a bagel. Go get a. Who's that dude who went viral in New York trying to get like a scooped bagel? Go get a scooped bagel. You I've, never used, I have no clue what you're talking about. No, some weird white dude from California went viral for uh, I probably didn't need the white qualifier. Sorry, but he he went viral in New York City for uh, at going to a bagel shop and asking for a scooped bagel. And 
the guy at the counter was just like, I'm not scooping your effing bagel. And the guy made a video of it and was like, well, I order this in California like all the time. And like in New York, they just won't even scoop the bread out of my bagel. It was hilarious. Anyways, okay. (laughs) Three Big Ten teams are in action. We just talked about a couple of them. Michigan State, home to James Madison, Purdue, home to Samford, Illinois, home to Eastern Illinois. All three are huge favorites. Uh, I don't want to do like the concern troll because we basically just said we're not really concerned for any of these teams. I'm more Mm. curious, what do you want to see from each of these teams? So why don't we start with Illinois, since that's the one team we haven't talked about yet, and then work our way back to your team. Uh, Illinois, Eastern Illinois, I think they're 27 and a half point favorites. The Illini are, they look great against Kansas. What do you want to see tonight in their first game of the season? So a couple things I want to see. Uh, I want to see Luke Goody hit shots. I think that I think seeing him have a good shooting game would do a lot for him personally, mentally, and also just do a lot for the outlook, I think, of, you know, uh, Illinois team in general. And he can go from being Luke Goody can shoot, but like wherever his stats, we believe him as a shooter to him actually knocking down shots. We're like, oh, shit, Luke Goody's a shooter. He's knocking down shots. And then besides that, uh, you know, I'm not going to act like Eastern Illinois is a powerhouse by any means. But I am interested to see how minutes are allocated in this game. Obviously, um, the exhibition against Kansas, you're playing the number one AP team. That's going to be coached differently than if you're playing a team like this. So I'd be interested to see uh, the minute allocation with other guys on the team uh, in this game, because this should be a game where everybody plays. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think my eyes are on Ty Rogers tonight. Um mm-hmm. I would love to see Luke Goody hit shots too. I I think Illinois has so many guys that do so many things. Like you can kind of pick and choose who you're looking for any given night. But I think the the most important one to me in the entire non-conference slate is going to be how does Ty Rogers develop? It just is. Um, Do, do they view him as like a top four player on this team? That's kind of the staple of everything they do. Or is he just the guy who starts games and then is on the bench at the end of every game and, you know, he's there, but he he's just not a guy. It's one of the two. Like, I, I don't know that it's necessarily going to be in the middle. Like, either he is one of their best players or this is kind of just a, an experiment from Brad. He looked really, really good in the first six minutes against Kansas, right? Like, he mm. he was stuffing the stat sheet. The you, you finally saw it happen. Like, he if he got a little guy switched onto him and Kansas started by guarding him with Dewan Harris, like, he just punished him. He went right through him and got layups and dunks and – um, you kind of saw it. The, the flip is, I think smart teams are just going to guard tie with their centers, right? Like, don't you just stick a big guy on Ty Rogers and then you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. And then like the Ty's not going to be able to take advantage of a, a guy, of a guy who's that big. And then obviously he's not going to blow past you. So the center can just sag on him. Yeah. And Illinois is not playing a true center next to him. So like, it makes sense that you don't need to guard anybody else with the center, but um, yeah, Eastern Illinois, I don't think is going to have answers to match up with something like that. So this to me is a game that Ty Rogers can dominate if he's capable of dominating. I'll have my eye on him to start. Very excited to watch our Illinois. Uh, also just want to throw this out there. I won't be watching any body language tonight because, uh, I've been, I've been told there's no reason to be concerned about anything with Illinois. So, um, we're just we're just gonna watch basketball tonight. That's all uh, we're gonna do. We're gonna no, start, no PhD, start no PhD, not PhD, Greg. Just fan of the game, Greg. Yeah, just a just a pure fan of the basketball. I'm very excited. Illinois had a great hype video. I do want to say that a lot of schools had like good the seasons here videos. 
Illinois was my second favorite that I saw. Ooh, I got to go watch that. What was one? The team we're talking about next. The Purdue yeah. Boilermakers, baby. The <laughs> Boilers, Boiler Up. Uh, I'm still – I'm driving the bandwagon. I just, like – like, all offseason, I went from, like, two hands on the wheel. Like, I'm in mode. I got my playlist rocking. Like, I got three different snacks next to me. I got a Diet Coke here and a Gatorade here. We're rolling. Then the exhibitions happened and Lance Jones was the thing. And now it's like, okay, let me uh, take one hand off the wheel. Like I'm a little just like maybe we should go in neutral for a moment. That's where I'm at with driving the bandwagon. Still driving. Just like going 20 miles an hour slower than I was. Uh, Their hype reel almost got me fully back in though. Like they did the whole the voiceover hype reel of like this is personal this year. And I'm in. I'm in on that energy for sure. They play Samford. We uh, alluded to it earlier. Samford is one of the few teams that a top 25 teams playing tonight that like has a pulse and is pretty good. Like Samford can cause teams problems. That's a good basketball team. They don't have a great defense. They finished a little over 200 in Ken Palm last year. So I think uh, if you're looking for Zach Eady to get back on track, today could be a good game to do that. What do you uh, What do you want to see? Same question we did with Illinois. What do you want to see from Purdue? So this is going to get – this is going to have a little bit of shock value to it. Uh, and I mean this in the nicest way possible. I'm actually have my eyes on Zach Eady and what he does in this game. Because if you think about it, like once, once somebody does something like three times or does something kind of three games in a row, it's not like a, a, a one-off thing. It's more of like becoming a pattern. Yes. I believe in Zach Eady. Yes. I believe that he's going to repeat as a national player of the year. There will be a, just a little crevice, a little millimeter of just what's going on if for three straight games we don't get not one Zach Eady domination. And he's playing another seven-footer on Sanford, and Zach Zach Loveday, I believe his name, that's that's your boy, correct, uh, the Baylor transfer? I am a Zach Loveday guy, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, a Zach Loveday guy. He's another seven-footer, played at Baylor. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's someone who can, you know, match up height-wise with Eady. I just – I'd be – I'd be a little bit like, eh, if we're getting like three, that's the third straight game where all we're getting out of Zach Eady is like, and this sounds bad, all we're getting is like 15 and 10 or 15 and eight. Yeah. So the thing about Zach Loveday is uh, he's Zach Loveday. Like a <laughs> notable player, like fun to throw out. If you're talking like, ooh, why is Samford going to like really have a great conference season this year? Absolutely. Talk to me on some Zach Loveday. If you're talking like he's matching up with the national player of the year tonight, He's Zach Loveday. Like, if there's not, I think Edie, if he wants to, is going to be able to do whatever he wants this game. Loveday is a good player, profile guy. Like, he went to hunting to prep. He is absolutely a high major caliber big, in my opinion. Uh, he's not like a defensive stopper, though, even though he's seven feet tall. Honestly, Loveday, this might sound a little stretchy to you. I don't know. Let's see what you think. He kind of reminds me of if Mitch McGarry was just like sapped of his powers, like Space Jam style. Like, if you just took Mitch McGarry and made him, like, 20% of which, what Mitch McGarry is, I think that's Zach Loveday, which uh, is not a guy who's going to cause issues for Zach Eady tonight. What I want to see from Purdue, uh, this might be a little too obvious, but I want to see anything from Miles Colvin. Anything. Anything positive at all in a real game setting. I And I will not accept an answer being a great highlight dunk in warm-ups. Like, that's... I know for a fact I'm either going to see 
uh, uh, Bragg's in the stand or Boilers in the stands tweet or somebody in that in Mackey is going to hit me with a holy smokes. Miles Colvin's head is at the top of the backboard and he's in pants and then he doesn't check in until four minutes left in the first half. Like I just I want to see it translate to the game. What better time to do it than now when the season is here? Maybe Miles Colvin's like a bright lights guy. Maybe the exhibition exhibitions didn't get his juices going enough. Maybe tonight it does. Maybe he shows up and says, you know what? I am a more talented player than Lance Jones. Let me give you a nice little 12 and two tonight. If I can give you 12, two with a steal, like I'm in, that's all I need to be right back on the bandwagon. Well, 12, two, a steal and a cover and a cover covers critical cover. I'm glad you held. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm looking for tonight. Actually a cover. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So one of my favorite things um, about, you know, opening night is you really get to start to separate, you know, the the pros from the Johnnies. And that's what I'm looking for in the Michigan State game today. Michigan State, James Madison, um, you know, a team that, in my opinion, is a top five team in the country. You would say they're full of pros. James Madison, no offense, but team full of Johnnies. Like it just just is what it is. A little bit of a caliber difference, even though uh, things got to proceed as they are. So, uh, what's your script for Michigan State tonight? What are you What are you looking for out of your Spartans in their first live action? I'm looking for the young front court players to. Uh, I I don't want to say out minute the veterans because I don't think I think it's too soon for that. But I want it to be closer. I want it to be closer than it was. What does closer look like to you? Like what's what's a, a number that you come away super excited about? Like center position in general, I think that Carson Cooper needs to outplay uh, needs to out minute Mati Sissoko. Uh I'm bad at dividing minutes up. I hate when people ask me that question. <laughs> it, it literally puts me in the biggest tizzy of all time because I always just get it wrong and it's it kills me. But this might be wrong, but I need like Carson Cooper to play like twenty-two. 24 22 to 25 minutes i guess at the center spot and then the rest divvied up between Madi and booker and then <clears throat> also the four position i think it should be a little bit more even i believe the call played 29 minutes against tennessee or 28 i think more minutes need to be divvied up to um car and booker in that spot okay yeah i'll be more pointed i think you're about <laughs> um you're, you're on the right track of where my head is at the only one that super matters to me tonight is Xavier Booker because I don't – as long as they win, how many minutes these guys play in November truly doesn't matter. Like we we can talk about it and project to March. The point is like we need to see the trajectory and the intent from the coaching staff that these guys are not just like end-to-bench guys and there's reason to believe they're going to be higher when it comes to or die time. We were told after the game that Xavier Booker's minutes were limited uh, because he missed a, a what was it shoot around? Shoot around. Shit. Honestly, that's one thing I want to see. I want to see all the guys get to shoot around on time, please. So I I buy that first of all. Like I do believe Xavier Booker played less minutes than he would have because of a punishment. That's real. What would you set his over under at though? Like how how many minutes did he actually finish with last game? Was it eight minutes? Eight, I believe. What would you set his over under at? Because I think I would still set it at eight. Like I, I believe Izzo that he punished him for that. I don't know that I believe that Izzo was going to play him way more if he showed up to shoot around anyway. Really, I would I set know. the over under. 
I'll set the over under at like 13 and a half, maybe. Okay. But I get like, who do you think those extra Booker minutes went to? Like, did Malik Hall just play eight more minutes than he should have? I mean, probably Carr, Madi, and it literally it was just Madi, Madi, Carson, Carr, Malik. That's, that's the only people that got the minutes. But I think like Carr didn't play a crazy amount of minutes. So like if, if put, Booker's coming uh, back, he, he, and did, taking minutes he did play. He did, he did play. Well, because Malik played 29 minutes. Right. But that's I'm just trying to do the math on it. We're not a math podcast, but it's like there's only so many minutes to go around. To me, you look at this roster, the crunch is at the four. The crunch is not in the backcourt because all those guys, you know, they're nasty and good and they're going to play. Like the the crunch here is you have 80 minutes combined between Cooper, Mahdi, Carr, Booker, Malik Hall. Night one, most of those minutes went to the guys you don't want them to go to. So, again, we were told it was because he missed a shooter out. I just am skeptical. Like, the more you think about it, like, okay, Izzo said he wanted to play Booker more. How much did he really want to play him? Was he going to play 20 minutes? And where 12 did 12 extra minutes go to Malik Hall's 29? Did 12 extra can minutes say, go to Cohen Carr? Like, can I, can I say something that's going to hurt me to say and agree yeah. with you on in this case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I actually do agree with you because in my eyes and in my experience with following a coach's OLED team, when guys miss things like that, they don't play. Yeah. Like, I was surprised he got in after missing a shoot around. Yeah. So I tried to do my little spin zone where like, oh, he's so talented that, you know, F shoot around. Like <laughs> he's that good. Like you got to get him on the floor. We need him on the floor. Uh, But I, I don't know. I will be disappointed if Xavier Booker only plays eight minutes in this game. Let's say that I'll be, I would be disappointed and sad. Yeah. My guess is that Izzo probably <clears throat> wanted to play him like 12 minutes, like one extra shift. Maybe he, he didn't check in until eight minutes left in the first half, I think, or right around there. Like mm-hmm. maybe like six minutes, maybe he would have got a run at like the 15 minute mark if it wasn't for shoot around, but it would have been a quick run. It would have been like an in for a minute out for a minute. Like Izzo does. I don't think like I'll be, I'll be shocked if Booker plays like 20 minutes tonight. And I think Izzo exaggerated a little, and like, oh, I I punished him. Like, yeah, somebody has to get crunched, man. Like, it's it's either Carr or Booker, and we don't want Carr to play less minutes. So I and I think Izzo trusts Malik Hall too much. I don't think Malik Hall is going to go from like twenty nine to eighteen because Xavier Booker's back. But that's that's what I would want. I want Xavier Booker to play sizably more minutes tonight. That's the goal. And uh, we'll see if I'm right or wrong. Kid's really talented. Crazy move by him showing up late to shoot around though. Crazy move. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, that's once again, you've reached the point in the segment of the episode where I dip into my D3 playing days for the love of God, man. If there's one thing you want to be on time for is get a game of shoot around like that's the one thing. Crazy move. Uh, OK, insane move. Any any final words on Michigan State? That's your team. And uh, the season opens tonight. It should be a very special season. I know you're excited about it, as you should be. Any final words? Stay healthy and have fun, Sparty. Okay. Uh, there we are. Let's move on. Stay happy, have fun. Michigan, the Wolverines, uh, had an exhibition on Friday. Nice Wolverine hands. I'm trying to find the box score right now. Uh, I I literally can't find it. I'm I'm just looking. Um, but they looked really good. They looked really, really good. 
Has anyone ever told you like that might be your one like kryptonite or weakness in the college basketball finding space? box scores? I you are there's bad at finding box scores. There's a lot going on, man. There's a lot going on. I'm trying to like tweet out that we're doing Bleacher Report in 40 minutes. I'm trying to make thumbnails for this. So this episode can get out before games start at 4 p.m. today. I'm trying to host this show. I'm trying to do my other jobs before I actually get pushed out the door. There's a lot going on today, Cart. Um, uh, respect. I. I found the box score, by the way, in the process of me ranting about how bad I am at box scores. Uh, look, everyone, the story of this Michigan game, it's going to toe the lines of like, ooh, Michigan fan getting excited about Michigan. Greg's being so stupid. Everybody looked good. Every single guy on Michigan looked really good. I watched this game from start to finish. And uh, like it, I see, now that I saw them play a game, I see how this team beat Marquette. Like I can see it. This team just looks good right now. And it's the guys they brought in. Uh, Trey Jackson led this team in scoring off the bench. He's coming off the bench behind T. Will right now. Trey Jackson was eight for 10 from the floor, three for four from three. He finished with 20 points. Um, Doug McDaniel, like a lot of people aren't even mentioning him after this game. He had 16 points, was three for five from three. Like just the engine of this team offensively, three assists to zero turnovers. Terrace Reed played 11 minutes, Carter. He played 11 minutes in the first half. He didn't play a minute in the second half. They gave him the superstar like load management thing. He finished with 13 points and 10 rebounds in 11 minutes. He had a double double in eleven minutes in this game. He was physically dominant. Uh, he he drew, was, sorry, you, you got to mention he drew six fouls in that ten minutes too. <laughs> dude, he passes the eye test. Like it, he looks like Michigan's best player, and it's not close right now. Like all the the speed and the quickness for his size is just there. And look, I get it. They're playing Northwood. You can't take much from that, but you you watch what Terrace Reed did in 11 minutes in this game, and you're like, oh yeah, the reports that Michigan just destroyed Marquette's front court. That happened because Terrace Reed looks like a dude who's going to do that to a lot of people. And more importantly to me, he wasn't in foul trouble and he hit shots. He was three for five from the free throw line. The stroke looked really good. He hit a three that didn't count because it was after uh, they called like a screen foul. But literally he was going to shoot a three in the half court and he hit it uh, and it got wiped out. So I'm buying all Terrace Reed stock I can. We haven't even mentioned Kamwa who finished with 11 and eight here. Hit a three. Namari Burnett was three for three from three in this game. Nine points, six assists. Uh, basically, every single guy looks like a contributor right now. And George Washington had 12 shot attempts off the bench, backing up both guard spots. So uh, I don't know if you've seen this. I don't know if you've seen the Matthew Loves ball or what, but you definitely have seen texts from me being like, holy shit, dude, I think this team can actually play. What are your thoughts on Michigan at this point? Yeah, so I, I did have a chance to watch the Matthew Loves ball of this game. And I, yeah, I, I left from that, granted, against Northwood. But, like, you can just see something with, like, this Michigan. They're just not – they're not as bad as people led to be on. And I think me and you kind of got ahead of the eight ball, letting people know they're not going to be as bad as they people think they're going to be. Just know that they are not going to be as bad as people think. And the people that are putting them, like, between – like, in that Penn State, Minnesota range, like, the demise – what do they say? What's the phrase? Like, the demise was – over-exaggerated. I don't know what the exact phrase was, but like this team has something. Uh, also, you, Olivia, I didn't know Olivia and Kamala had six assists in this game too. So he was damn near flirt with the triple-double and yeah. li- and limited turnovers from everybody. Granted, against Northwood, not a team that can really force turnovers, but they have something. I don't know necessarily what the bench is going to look like. Uh, Trey Jackson was able to contribute, but I think he might be a starter over T-Will moving forward just because I thought 
Tiwa was disappointing in my eyes as far as players on the team that did something. Um, but yeah, I, I left impressed with Michigan and also impressed with Northwood guard Colin Albert, who managed to get up 20 shots and was three for 20 <laughs> from the field. That's special, kid. Just know that. Like, if you're going to go out and lose by 50, get yours, get them up. That so is shout special. out to Colin Albert. It is special. Yeah. I, and I don't even think we've mentioned the way I think this Michigan team is going to win a lot of games, though. We're talking all how, how did guys individually do offensively? This defense was smothering. Again, it's Northwood, but like, I, I, it's an exhibition game. I've watched a lot of the exhibition games. I haven't seen a lot of exhibition games where the opponents just like can't even get a shot up much. Like for the first 15 minutes of this game, Northwood was barely attempting shots. That's how good Michigan's half court defense was. And when you step back broadly and look at it, like Namari Burnett and Olivier Kamwa are elite defensive players. They just are like, there's nothing we've seen in their careers thus far at a combined three different programs that have been elite defensive teams, all three of them that tells us these guys aren't great defenders. Like, but that's the most refreshing part of it for me. And I'm trying not to like always draw it back to next year, but like, I, it's been so long, dude. It's been so long since I've watched a Michigan basketball game and just seen guys who like do all the little things and play high IQ ball and are unselfish and like gel like that. That's what this team has done for me in, in the short time that I've watched them, like as talented as they were last year, like the guys on that team were out for their own. Hunter Dickinson was out to do his nonsense. Jed Howard was out to get his 16 shots a game. Like, it just is what it is. Olivier Kamwa and Namari Burnett are staples of this team that are perfectly okay if they shoot the ball like four times a game. Like, they don't force the issue. They let Terrace Reed and Doug McDaniel do what they need to do and be the core of this offense. But meanwhile, they both like tallied five plus assists in this game. They both hit threes in this game. They both capitalize when their number is called within the flow of the offense without needing to run plays for Olivier Kamwa because he needs to get his 20 to go be a lottery pick. Like that's really special to me. And I think there's the makings of that four being really, really damn good. Like you, you can look around even the top levels of this conference right now. Give me the four of Doug, Namari, Terrace Reed, and Kamwa. I think that four stacks up with everybody up to like the Illinois level. I truly believe that four is right up there. The question for Michigan is what do they have depth wise? And the answer is not much. Like I'm okay right now. I'm okay with Terrence Williams starting because I think you need something that matters off the bench. And uh, Trey, the shot looks for real with Trey Jackson. I don't know if anything else does, but he can run, he can dunk, and he will make open shots. I fully believe that. He looks pretty damn good at that right now. So I like him coming off the bench. This is now the second time in three live action settings that everybody came away saying Trey Jackson was their best offensive player. It's a good sign. Um, uh, George Washington, I'll give him credit for this. He didn't shoot the ball great in this game. He's not scared at all. Like we're, we gave credit to my man with 20 shots for the other team. Like I think George is going to get him up and he can create space. Like back to my favorite phrase. Can he, can he create space? George can go get a shot on his own, like one-on-one -on -one late shot clock stuff. Like he'll, he'll create a look. Will it go in? Always no, but um, there's some Dwayne Washington vibes to him. And it took Dwayne a couple of years to be like a really good player, but I think as far as like energizer bunny bench guy, I kind of see that right away for George. Um, but outside of that, like Will Will Cheddar is going to play for this team and he gives them nothing. Hey, Will Cheddar, 13 boards, damn it. 
fake boards. Fake boards. Okay. Fake also, boards. did you just pull that Dwayne Washington cut? Was that just happened just now? I've been sitting on it for a while, but I mean, because that's a that's a great comp, my friend. I love that comp. One. Yeah, it's a good one. I think they're similar guys, and of course, they have the same last name. So, undersized little energizer bunny scorer guards. Like, I think there's a world where before George leaves Michigan, he's like a 15 a game guy, and uh, in year one, you just want him to contribute a little bit. And literally, all he does is right now he's number 40. Namari leaves, he drops to zero, becomes number four. Dwayne Washington was four. He scored. I mean, it, the 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 pathway is there. Everything is there. It's very special except stuff. The, except so. his name is George Washington the third. I will say this: I'm taking names. There were a lot of people. I know who you are. It's a message. I know your <laughs> names. I know who you are. I have your playbook. I saw if you pick Nebraska over this team, if you pick Nebraska over this team, knowing who Olivier Conway is. I have your name. I have you on a list, okay? You're in the notepad app. You're probably going to be in a Word document in about an hour because I need to take this more serious and migrate it from the notes to the Word doc. Uh, It's not happening. I'm sorry. Put some respect on this team. I've seen now uh, at least every Big Ten team at least once in some form. I'm telling you, this Michigan team is way undervalued compared to where they are. Like, give me this team clearly over the Iowas, the Northwesterns, the Rutgers, the Indianas right now. Over Budarius? I love Boo, man. I absolutely love Boo. Michigan's top four is so much better than Northwestern's top four, even with Boo. I'm not mad at the take. That is a solid, that is a really solid four. There's a lot of teams in this country that would take that four and ride with it. I want Kansas. Give me Kansas. I'm saying it right now. I want Kansas. I want Michigan, Kansas somewhere, somehow. I want Kansas. Give it to me. All right, that's the show today. Uh, man, I can't wait. The season's here. This is so fun. What's your one big thing presented by Bigby? I mean, easy one for me today. My one big thing is shout out to my to my wife, man. Like 26.2 miles. Uh, actually, her medal is right here, so I'm going to go ahead and show y'all. Nice little piece of hardware for her. This is like real gold, like real solid. Like I know there's people out there listening to this, but just know it's a really nice medal in my hand. Shout out to my wife. I... I and beyond proud of her, like I was almost moved to tears, like just how proud I was, all the hard work she put in to like do this. Uh, and she's special. And the kid is not a quitter, literally does anything she puts her mind to, which works extremely well because when adversity hits for me, I'm so quick to just like quit and give up. <laughs> so like we work really, really well together. That's a very funny, but also true statement. Like there's a nice balance <laughs> in your marriage there. Uh, can I get a, can you bite the metal? Can we prove that that's real 100%? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is a real deal, real deal, Holyfield. Yeah, let me see what we got. Oh, yeah, you can hear that. Yeah, Ooh. well done. Uh, yeah, echo all of that. I'm incredibly impressed with Meg. Not that I haven't been impressed with just the person that she is before, but uh, yeah, this is one of the coolest accomplishments anyone I've known personally has done. Like, I, I don't know anybody in my life who's ran a marathon before, and I know how hard she's worked. And uh, I I wrote this in the newsletter. We did a little marathon theme for it this week, but it was probably so much harder than I realized it was, too. Like, in my head, I'm like, oh, that was probably really difficult. But, like, I didn't see the behind the scenes. I didn't see the grind that went into it. I just heard texts here and there when she told us. So, uh, yeah, to see the pictures and the culmination of it all was awesome. Uh, great job. Meg, if somehow this makes its way back to you, we're proud of you. We love you. And you're an inspiration to a lot of people out there. All right. My one big thing. Uh, let's let's start the season on a wife's note. Total okay. different reasons I'm proud of my wife, but a little cool thing that came up. I can officially say that I'm married to a model. 
What? My wife is officially a model as of 4.30 p.m. Eastern today. What, what's she, what, is, what is she doing? A uh, little workforce. Like she got a cold email like two weeks ago that was like, hey, we need to uh, – basically like put together these like sales brochures and we need employee models. Like you've been identified as someone that we are interested in. Can you do this? She was like, uh, sure. So okay, model. That's, that's great. Need some more behind the scene details on who's like the identifier. Like, did they just go to the office creep and was like, who, who the baddies in the office? Uh, yeah, I'm a little concerned on that, but, uh, I also like, I don't know. I like my wife is a Caucasian woman, but I was like, there's probably going to be just like the, you know, the diversity quota jokes like, oh, you're doing the brochure today. Like Mm -hmm. we need white girl. We need to check all the boxes. Right. Yes. But uh, no, I'm not minimizing a thing. She's a model and she's proud of it. And I'm proud of her. So you're dating a model. Hell yeah. Yeah, Huge on my red. I literally put together my resume last night because I need a resume (laughs) now. And uh, yeah, in like special accomplishments, the fourth bullet point says married to a model. So really excited about that. Shout out Mal. All right. College Hoops is here. You better follow us all season long because we're going to have a lot of stuff coming for you. We'll be back tomorrow on another episode of the Sleepers Podcast. Join the Discord. Join the Dub Club. Subscribe to Spartan Rivals. If you want to just Venmo me too, that's fine. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.